So yeah, this story is about uh, running on calls with an ambulance. And um, I've been here in Yupik country for 27 years, and my very first ride in the ambulance was as a patient. And that was really awesome. <laughs> That's a whole other story. We won't talk about that today. So uh, back in the day, in the, I don't know, fourth edition of the hospital, it was, we called it the yellow submarine, because it was yellow, and it had round windows on the sides, and the edges were round, and there were courtyards in the hallway. It was so fantastic. You could actually get sunshine in the wintertime. It's amazing. It's not like that now. <laughs> so when you pull in with the ambulance, there's a little office, and you can go in the ER and jump, I mean, jump your patient off into the report. But if you go straight, there's a hallway, and then there's the back door to the PT department, and that was, that was my office. So after you know, they met me as a patient, <laughs> all the medics would um, come into the office and say, hey, Ann, when are you going to come volunteer with us? And I'd say, ha, ha, someday. And they wore me down after about six months of this, three times a week. Hey, Ann, when are you going to come volunteer? Someday. Well, I finally went on my birthday to my first EMT meeting, and it was great. And let me tell you a little bit about being a volunteer EMT in Bethel. You do hundreds of hours of training every year on the same thing, how to do these really hard things when you're under stress and it's an emotional situation, and you gotta be really good at it when there's chaos all around you. So we train really, really hard to be really good at something we really don't want to do, like CPR and running a code and thinking on your feet at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're like brain dead. So hundreds of hours, 17 years of hundreds of hours of volunteer work at the fire station. And now we come to the day of my story. So it was a beautiful sunny day in Alaska. I decided not to have an adventure. I decided I should go volunteer at the fire station because <laughs> my buddy Josh was on shift. And back in the day, we had one paid, they were all guys, so one paid guy per shift. And then volunteers were hopefully going to sign up to help out. So I was the volunteer, and he was the paid guy. Josh was a really great um, young man from Washington, and he was a gung-ho. He was just starting, and he wanted to have fire and he wanted to do code, and he was all excited, and I was like, could we just have like quiet? I, I want a nice quiet time. So we get a call for an elderly man not feeling well, which, I mean, could be anything, right? So we go out in a, the two of us, there's just two of us in the ambulance, and we get on scene, and the wife is doing CPR on the husband. So, I can't see you. Oh, now I can. Does anybody out here know CPR? Been trained in CPR? Has anybody done CPR on a person and not a mannequin? It's really different, right? <laughs> so um, let me back up a little bit. One of the things we trained a lot on was how to run a code. Uh, and so 17 years of hundreds of hours of practice kicked into gear and Josh immediately started doing compressions, and I immediately jumped in with the Zoll, and I took a quick look. So we put pads on the front and the back, and we look on the little 
screen and we look for the line, and if it's little bumps and big bumps, evenly spaced, alternating across the screen, yes, that's good. And if it's a jagged line going up and down like mountains, that's bad. So you gotta remember that because there's audience participation shortly. So it was jagged lines up and down, which is? Thank you, bad. So we continued to do all the things that we trained for 17 hours, 17 years, hundreds of hours a year to do. We did an IV, we did the, put the pads on, we did the shocks, we did the um, CPR, and people were trickling in because we toned out for help. And so somebody was doing respirations and somebody was doing the IV and somebody was doing the medicine and somebody was taking care of the wife and getting the story from her. And, we're doing all the things. And somewhere along the line, you're supposed to check for a pulse. So we checked for a pulse, and we had one. It was very exciting. We'd never had done this before. Like, we've done it a lot, but we'd never been successful. <laughs> and then we looked at the screen, and it was little bumps and big bumps alternating across the screen. And that is, Good. yes, you guys are great. So, so now what? So then we'd like, OK, now we have to take care of the patient. Because now we have a live patient, and we have to keep them that way. So we're checking the vitals and we're still doing like uh, fluids through the IV and we're putting them on a backboard and strapping them down. And who out there was CPR certified? Like we don't get a whole lot of information. Like when you get spontaneous return of circulation, like okay, and then you're done, you save the person and yay. And then your training's over. So no one ever tells you that your patient might wake up. So. We have done several codes, this, and again, this is our first successful one. This man just starts yelling. Rah! And we're all, whoo! Uh, okay, we're gonna keep taking care of you because you're not awake yet. Um, and then he decides he wants to sit up. So he's yelling, Rah! and he's tearing the straps off and he's trying to sit up. And I thought, oh, well, I mean, if you want to walk out to the ambulance, I mean, I'm not going to say no. And then, you know, I'm the lead medic. I'm not supposed to let people die on my shift. So we called the wife over, and she calmed him down. And we got him laid down on the, on the backboard. We safely packaged him up and put him in the ambulance, took him to the ER. I have no idea how much time I have. Like, I can't even really see you. Hopefully, I'm doing OK. <laughs> she hasn't got the hook out yet. So we get to the ER, and we give a report, and we turn care over to the, the nurses. And it takes about 20 minutes to restock the ambulance and clean it up and write the report and do all the things you have to do after a code. And as we're leaving, we have to walk like around the ER door, and we peek in, and he's sitting up talking to the nurses, his eyes wide open. And it was awesome. We were so excited. And so that was our first confirmed say. We took a person without a pulse who wasn't breathing, and he was talking and eyes awake, having a conversation with the nurses at the end. And don't you want to know why we had this first one? Yes. 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 Because we, somebody was doing, sorry, bystander CPR. Bystander CPR save lives. We don't save lives. Bystander CPR saves lives. So if you ever have the opportunity to do bystander CPR, do it. Don't worry about it. Do it, because you will save a life. And then the second best thing about this story is after that first confirmed save, the same team did it two more times. And that's my story for next time. Yeah.